Well, right now we're in a closed beta, so no one's paying anything. All right. Uh, it's, so pre-revenue, yeah, still, how are correct. how many folks are on the beta list? Uh, we've got we've got tens of thousands. I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to to share the exact number yet, but we're. Well, I mean, who who, health- who 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 cares? I mean, who cares? Right? It's a beta list. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Jeremy Bell. He's the founder and CEO of Mayday. Previous, he was the founder of Wattage.io and partner at Tion Plus Lax, which was acquired by Facebook. Also helped create the Facebook portal based up in Toronto. Jeremy, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. Pleasure right. to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. All right. What is Mayday? I believe you're competing in a very competitive space, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at it um, from kind of the surface, it looks like we're building, you know, a calendar or a scheduling tool. And there's definitely a lot of products like that in the space. But what we're really building is much more like an assistant. Um, we're, we're creating a piece of software that helps people spend time in better ways. It's something that learns um, what your priorities are and how you spend your time. And it works to ensure that your schedule and your priorities are in alignment. So it's more like an assistant uh, than it is like a just a regular calendar. So what if the only rule I wanted to feed into my scheduling was I want as much blank time on my calendar as possible? Mayday will just cancel all my meetings for me? So right now, it, we're certainly not going to just blindly go and remove meetings from your from your schedule. Uh, the goal is more, if you think of your, your calendar as something that fills up over time, like a, if you think about a few weeks out, your calendar is likely pretty, pretty empty. Um, what we're doing is building something that as new things come into your schedule, it is smarter about where they go. Um, it's smarter, smarter about like how and when they're scheduled, how many things are being scheduled around a particular thing. Um, so that as your schedule starts to fill up, it is more in alignment. And if you think of like a puzzle, all the pieces are in the right place. When your day starts to go a little sideways, uh, it'll automatically block out that time or try to protect it so that someone else can't take it or that you don't find yourself in a scenario where you've overcommitted. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands right now, we don't have any plans just to blanket go and like remove stuff. Because uh, I mean, people's schedules and calendars are are important, right? They, yeah. The way they spend their time and the things that they've booked. Uh, we certainly don't want to be in a scenario where we remove things that uh, were not intended to be removed. Yeah, I mean, my biggest pimple right now with calendar is I always, I basically want to optimize for as many free chunks of time, mm-hmm. chunks, big chunks of uh, twenty minutes of free time is useless because it's yeah. just context switching. You know, three hours of free time is valuable. Uh, so, like batching stuff is really difficult. So right now we use Acuity, and all we do is we schedule for like an you know one hour for podcast interviews, and when that hour fills, we add three more slots on before or after it to yeah. batch it. But it's a pain in the butt to log in every time to do that. It sounds like maybe you can do that with some rule-based system or something. Yeah. Like what we're building, um, again, if you think of like a really great assistant, that assistant would have that context, that kind of macro view. Um, So there's really a few kind of parts to it. Um, Mayday is an app that you use on your phone and your desktop. Its intention is to replace the calendar that you use every day. Um, the in the cloud though is where we're doing a lot of the intelligence. It's where a lot of the analysis is happening, um, and it's how we look at what's coming in and what's going on in your schedule. And we start making changes based on what we see. Um, we map out your, uh, we analyze like how you spend time and also who you spend time with. Uh, we also have a feature that we call uh, smart tags, where you can, for instance, you can create like a scheduling link where you've you've created some things behind the scenes where you've tagged it essentially, saying anyone who schedules something treat this meeting 
like this. And with that smart tag, you can assign rules and like budgets and buffer times and other things like that. So that as you're scheduling things, the times that are made available are reflecting of those rules yep. um, so that you don't need to micromanage your schedule. Like you shouldn't have to go in and change all the different rules as your calendar fills up like a really great assistant, that assistant would be doing it for you so that you can trust that when you, you know, give that link to someone to schedule, it's taken care of uh, Understood. how you want to spend time, right? Yeah. Okay. I think you guys, you guys all, audience understands the product now, which is great. Uh, let's dive a bit more into the the sort of the economics here. So well, is this for a consumer or a business is going to pay for a hundred seats right off the bat? Yeah. I mean, the the reality is the answer is yes to both of that. Um, we've taken a kind of bottoms up, bottoms up approach where we're building this for individuals in the sense that Managing your time is a hyper-personal thing. Uh, so you, you, the individual needs to want to and love to use the product. As we scale, I mean, it's uh, so much of how you spend time is with other people. Like the things that you schedule in your calendar are often with coworkers and other people that you, you know, that, that, that are either at work or business related. Uh, so we will, we have teams functionality that's coming and this will be, there will be teams offering a company like offerings as well. So short answer is if you want to use it individually, there's an option for that. Got it. Um, there'll be a free option. There'll be a paid option. And then there'll be a team's option. So what, what is the average paying customer pay today? Well, right now we're in a closed beta, so no one's paying anything. All right. Uh, it's, so pre-revenue, yeah, how are Correct. how many folks are on the beta list? Uh, we've got we've got tens of thousands. I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to to share the exact number yet, but we're. Well, I mean, who who, who 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 cares? I mean, who cares, right? It's a beta list, but what is important is how you're building it, right? So how are you yeah. how are you building such a big beta list? What's the tactic? Yeah. So the way we've been we've been building out the list has been it's predominantly it's been organic. Um, there's been a lot of word of mouth. Some of the people that are in the we do have a closed beta. Those that are using it are also referring coworkers and stuff that comes through that process. Um, we also have set up a well described as like a social listening kind of program where we have some things set up uh, that are looking for people who are tweeting and posting stuff on Reddit and LinkedIn and those those messages that are talking about things that are related to what we're we're building. Um, those get brought to us and then we re- usually respond to them. Um, in those respective channels, we found that to be a pretty effective method. It doesn't scale; like I don't think this will, you know, work for that much longer. Um, but it's been a perfect kind of you know, slow. Kind what of are you using? What tool are you using to do this? The social listening. It's all. It's all built in. Um, it's a custom thing that that I built using Zapier and Slack and. Um, I mean, those are really the kind of the two main things. And then, and then I respond directly in whatever channel is. So if it's, so it's like, if, if, if tweet with min favorites, greater than 300 and mention time management. Correct. Yeah. We're we're looking for things that we're looking for phrases and things that they're talking about that are relevant. So it's, it's a pretty kind of set of custom strings that we're, you know, we're filtering things by. With with audience though. Right. So minimum a hundred likes or minimum five retweets, whatever. You got it. You got interesting. It. Very interesting. Very compelling. So are you, you're an engineer then by trade. My, I started my career as an engineer, but that was many, many, many days or years ago. Um, my background's more design and product, actually. Ah, okay. Interesting. When did you write the first line of code or your team write the first line of code for Mayday? Uh, it was probably about mid-2019, I think, is when we really started diving into it. 2019. Okay. So you're still pre-revenue today, which means you are either really rich and you're funding losses for a bit, or you've raised capital. It's. I mean, it's a bit of. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm rich by any stress, but we were. We were. We were good at um, at bootstrapping and just being very, very um, tight with how we spent the money in the early days. We did. Act, we have raised funds. Um, we just actually closed a um, seed round, so I raised a three million dollars seed round that we closed just at the end of um, of of last year. So right right before the holidays, we closed that uh, that round. 
Remote teams are all the rage right now. In fact, many companies wanna stay this way, even post-pandemic. And the reasoning's obvious. Hiring talent from anywhere in the world means you can bring on better talent. But the challenges are very real. How do you manage employees in other countries legally and easily? What about international payroll, employee benefits? What are taxes like in countries that are far away from where you're based? You need to understand all of this, including local paperwork and local compliance for all your remote employees. Now, two of the most successful remote companies, both GitLab and Zapier, have reached multi-billion dollar valuations, and they use a special tool, a secret portal, I like to call it, at remote.com. Remote's platform is easy to use for full-time employees, contractors, and your HR team. They help you scale your international team, your remote team, at a price you can afford. Now look, when I sign up sponsors, you guys know I like to get a great deal for our listeners. Otherwise, we won't run the sponsorship. Well, Remote has delivered. Sign up today and receive a 50% discount off your first employee for the first three months. Check out nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and enter promo code LATKA to get started. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and promo code L-A-T-K-A. Check it out today before you miss out. And what did you do, a pre-seed round as well? Um, we did a friends and family round that you could call a pre-seed. Like it basically was a combination of funds from- um, When was that? Some small, some small funds here in Canada and uh, uh, some some friends and family. When, when was that? Uh, I got it kind of mid 2019 is when I did the first little bit we did in two tranches. And then the second one was, uh, probably about mid 20. It's probably like, yeah, it was probably about mid 2020. Okay. And what you were talking like 500 K here, a million or what? Uh, the total, the total, uh, mountain U S, uh, was about 750, I think. Okay. Interesting. And so it sounds like you're able to use your past experience as a vetted entrepreneur who sold a company to Facebook, right. Uh, to sort of raise this money, hopefully on terms that didn't dilute you too badly. Yeah, correct. Like, so it, my, um, you know, to, to kind of clarify, like when I was at, uh, TNN Lax, which was, which was acquired by Facebook, I had actually left to start my, um, first startup just before that happened. So I didn't partake in the, in that, like that exit. Um, I did. It was, uh, was it your company or you were an employee there? I was a, I was a partner there. So, uh, oh, okay. John Lax and Jeff Tehan, so the Tehan and Lax, uh, were the two that founded it. I joined, um, shortly thereafter they had started it. So I, I was there from pretty much the beginning, but, uh, but it's definitely, it was definitely their company. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I mean, was that the story? I mean, I want to get in your personal financial situation, sure. but did, do you make enough there where you have whatever a million, $2 million sort of buffer? You can sort of do whatever you want as, as the next swing at the startup bat. Um, when I, no. So when I left that one, um, I started my first startup. I mean, that was again, entirely bootstrapped. Like I didn't, I didn't participate in that exit whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, raised a bit of money and then ended up exiting on that one and sold it to a company called Precision Nutrition. Um, made, you know, basically made all of our existing investors and myself like whole. So it wasn't like a huge liquidity event by any sure. stretch enough that, you know, it was a good learning experience where no one walked away losing any money. Um, coming out of that though, I, to be frank, I had a bit of crypto that I had, uh, I had uh-huh. put aside and there was a little bit of money that I had that I was able to pay basically myself um, while I worked through the, the, the bit, the little bit up front. Um, that kind of kept me going. And then, uh, then we raised the, the friends and family around to kind of do it proper. All right. So what's the full team size today? How many people? There are 13 of us. I think we 13. just hired someone. Actually, there's another person starting on Monday. So I think it's like going to be 14 on Monday. And how many engineers? Uh, it's about half of the team is engineering. A little bit more actually now. 
And so I imagine people listening going, okay, this guy launched in 2019. He's built startups before. They've got 10,000 on the wait list. Like, what is he waiting for? When's the paywall go up? Yeah. So one of the challenging and interesting things I think about building what we're doing is, so there's 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 calendars that exist already, right? Like you, there's an expectation of what the product can do. Um, so the surface area is actually quite broad in terms of features and functionality. We're walking this line between like, what are the things that people need and um, what are the unique things that are going to truly set us apart and like really like build our business and you know build our moat, if you will. Uh, and one of the things we learned early on is like, I didn't want to build another calendar. I didn't think the world needed another calendar. But when you get into time management and the things that are going on, it's a really high touch thing. We heard from a lot of our early users. They're like, wow, this is really great. I love what you're building here. But I need to be able to see my schedule or book a meeting or change a schedule. And the idea of having to jump between different products was not great. So we we kind of realized that if we were going to truly achieve the things that we were setting out to achieve, we had to build the whole thing. Um, so that's what we did. We really we started on mobile and it was a kind of a, a companion to your calendar. Uh, and now we've built a full, it's on desktop, it's on mobile. Um, there's a lot of features and functionality that are already done, but there's still a lot of stuff that we think needs to be really there before you can truly, like I think, make it available to everyone. Um, so we're we're taking an approach that I think is very similar to like the way that like uh, like Superhuman went as an example. Yeah, this is exactly. I mean, this is exactly Superhuman email Mayday calendar uh, direct comparison. So I mean, yeah. do you have a guess of what you think the paywall might look like and a timeline on when you think you might launch it? Yeah, we're gonna we're definitely gonna be launching later this year. Um, I don't know if we're gonna completely remove the wall and let everyone in. I think we'll probably still open up. It'll still be a wait list, and we'll still open it up more. Well, we continue to build stuff out, but start monetizing um, with what we've got. Uh, so, I mean, the objective or the uh, the plan is to definitely get to monetization sooner than later. I don't want us to, you know, this is not going to be sustainable if we just kind of keep doing, you know, th- this kind of path. Um, but on the flip side, like if you look at if I if you look at what Superhuman's done, they've also been very methodical about how you roll it out, how you let people in, just because the expectations of what the product can do is just so important. Like if you mess up someone's schedule, like there are real world ramifications to that. And we want to ensure that we don't burn those bridges with early users as well. So. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Well, look, we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly rooting for you. Now, are you, there's a lot of ways to reverse engineer how you want your first paywall to perform. One approach is to say, okay, what's the number one usage, usage activation metric on the app? stack rank every user, and then say you only want 1% to pay, and then you set the paywall at that usage limit. So maybe it's 50 new booked meetings per week. Another is to just say, we don't care if it's 1% paying that see the paywall or 20% see the paywall. Anyone that adds more than three meetings per week sees the paywall. So are you taking sort of a feature-based approach to the paywall or like a percent of your user base approach to the paywall? We've been in, we've been investigating both of them. I think one of the interesting things that we have in front of us is that with calendaring and scheduling tools is you can create and build a habit with someone and there's a routine, but that happens over a period of time. So we need to find what's the right kind of threshold where we can start to enable people to get value, start to develop that that habit and routine, and then start to pay when they're when they're they've got it kind of ingrained in their lives. So we've been we've been investigating if it does make sense to have a free offering always, and then you hit a certain threshold of things and it it locks. Um, we've been investigating some of the obvious uh, like collaborative features might make sense to like to to paywall, um, so that you can use the product individually. But as soon as you try to do something with someone else, um, you know that you would have to pay for it. So we're still working through what's the right place to draw that line, um, and I don't think we've got a, a complete answer yet. But I do know that it won't just be 
you have to pay to get in period. So we're not going to yeah, go down the course. path like a superhuman, like it, it won't be like that. Very cool. All right, Jeremy, we're out of time here. Rapid fire, famous five. Number one, last book you read. Oh, I'm actually reading um, the cold start problem. Uh, reading it right now. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh man. I mean the original, I mean, I'm sure everyone says Steve jobs and that was kind of, I would imagine the inspiration, uh, but you can't help but follow a bunch of them on online and just watch, uh, you know, watch how they're, they're all playing out. <laughs> Nope. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Mayday besides your own? Uh, Notion. Everything that we do at, at, at Mayday, like literally everything is in, is in Notion. And number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, you know, as a, as a company that cares deeply about how people spend their time, um, we work uh, pretty aggressively to build a business that's sustainable and, and or a staff that's sustainable. So I, I get a good seven hours of sleep. That's great. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? I'm uh, married. I got two kids. That's been awesome. For like 18 years now. <laughs> That's awesome. How old are you? Uh, I'm 42. 42. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, I lived in Toronto uh, and have lived here my entire life. I probably, when I was younger, would have probably uh, benefited from just going west and, and getting into the, into the Silicon Valley scene a lot sooner. Uh, than I did later. So that's probably one thing I probably would have would have told my younger self was just go go on an adventure and see what uh, what's over there. Guys, part designer, part engineer. He sold companies before really cutting his teeth. Nothing massive in terms of finances, but he knows what the process looks like. Now he wants to reinvent the calendar. First line of code from Mayday.am launched in 2019. They've built up a beta list of over 10,000 using some interesting things related to who's tweeting about time management with a large following or on LinkedIn, etc. cetera. Uh, built up that wait list, planning to launch a paywall later this year. 3 million raised recently back in December for their seed round with their, as they continue to scale with their team of 13, 14 next week. Jeremy, thanks for taking us to the top. Hey, my pleasure.